Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today enjoying conversation with industry experts from not only local northern Nevada but from across the country as well. Joining us later on the show today, we're going to be visiting with a recognized expert on business. This gentleman has appeared regularly on CNBC's Squawk Box, Bloomberg, and the Wall Street Journal to speak on CEO confidence and leadership. He was named U.S. Speaker of the Year by Tech Canada, Overseas Speaker of the Year by Tech Australia, winner of Vistage International's Fast Track Award and recipient of the coveted 500 Club Award. This gentleman is an internationally recognized consultant and speaker whose leadership concepts make or break execution, the core of success, and make or break culture, get extraordinary results from people has helped thousands of companies throughout the world. Joining this gentleman with me is one of my favorite persons as well, the wealth protection diva, Sherry Hill from Sage International. She'll be in the studio too, right after this message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. It's so sweet. The 10th Annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. Beginner or seasoned beekeepers learn the health benefits of honey, the latest research on bee people and the bugs they love, the beehive pharmacy, how to make mead with your own honey, contests, raffles, beekeeping supplies. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada. Register NevadaStateBeekeepers.org, NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. It's so sweet. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for joining us today. I'm enjoying my conversation and coffee this morning with industry experts. It's great to be in the studio today with Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva from Sage International. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. Always good to be here. Always good to have you on the show. Sherry, you're a great help to myself, to my guests, friends, and family members when it comes to talking about business, talking about real estate investments, especially because I know you work with a lot of real estate investors, but you're also known for the work you do as a master connector. And I know you do that because I see the way you work with your clients, other business associates. But today, I get to take advantage of that myself. Sherry Hill, the master connector, is introducing to me someone that she brought to the studio today. Sherry, please tell us a little bit. Yes, so happy Dan Barnett is here joining us today. And even though Dan and I had a fabulous conversation on my show about make or break execution, culture, all kinds of things, I really wanted to tap into what he evolved into, which was really real estate investing and how all that ties together. So... Dan, let's talk about that because make or break execution, most people don't think about that as a real estate investor. I ran companies for over 30 years and they're large companies like Pillsbury, Nestle, Weyerhaeuser, Constellation Brands, businesses like that. And I learned certain things in running companies that I found that I could really apply to the real estate world as I got involved with real estate. And I've been involved with real estate for about a dozen years now. And some of the things that I tend to focus on when I'm running companies is what's the most important thing you need to focus on? And I found that those same lessons that I learned running large companies work just as well for my real estate company, which is a much smaller company and was very effective. So uh, I talk about the same things when I talk about real estate as I, as I did when I was running a large company. Dan, it sounds yeah. like you're talking about a lot of basics in business. I am when talking you, when about basics. you talk basics. about those things, and I think that many times people don't know what those basics are, uh, and they lo- or they lose track of them so easily because they are basics. But can you review some of those things? Yeah, so a basic is, first of all, is it clear where you're going? What are you trying to accomplish with your business? Uh-huh. You know, I think all good performance starts with clear direction. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so if you can be clear about where you're going, you're setting yourself up and all the people that are working with you to have a direction. And that provides, you know, good performance in the end. Mm-hmm. So part of it is knowing where you're going and why you're doing what you're doing. But then once you know what that is, how do you execute that well? How mm-hmm. do you really make it happen in your company? Dan, I knew a gent a long time ago. I forget his name right now, but he started a business back in the 90s. And I don't not only think that he had a problem knowing where he was going to go, but I think his motives for starting his business were the wrong motives. So, uh, so when we talk about the motives, is that something even before this, or is it part of that planning process? Well, it's part of your direction on where you're going. So the reality is... Uh, people will commit themselves to your organization and your customers will commit themselves to you if they believe mm-hmm. in what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So you want to move back to that level of saying that we believe in certain things in this company. We're trying to accomplish certain things that we think are important to us and to the world and to our people and to our customers. If you can't get back up to that level and your beliefs are going to be based upon things like, um, you know, uh, how, how are we improving the world in some way? Mm-hmm. What do we believe in as a company? Why would you want to work for us? Why would you want to buy for, from us? And so you start with that. And those tend to be emotional concepts. In a huge trend going on around the country in real estate investing, especially when you have developers or, you know, is impact investing. And so I think this is a lot what you're talking about right now is it's a bigger why than I want to own a home or an apartment or a commercial. Well, Sherry, that's great that you say that. And here's the reason. When I talk about this gent that was starting this business back in the 90s and maybe had the wrong motives, when I asked him what his motives are, he were at that time, he said to me, I want to make a lot of money. That was it. He wanted to make a lot of money. And no matter what the, the, the process was, it was only about making a lot of money. And I think that that's a good reason that that business did not succeed. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with making money, so don't get me wrong on that. But are you going to do it yourself, or are you going to have people that are going to help you cause it to get done? You, you're you're going to need an organization of people that will yeah. commit themselves to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if it's all about you're going to make me richer, how committed are you going to be to that? You really want to make me richer? Is that what your life is well, a about? Little, a little bit of me does, Dan. I <laughs> can't deny that. <laughs> I love to be richer. But you're absolutely right. Look, I love the world of real estate really for only one reason. It's a people business. Do you know how many totally. families that we have helped? Oh. On our, you know, in the world of real estate, when you help a family get a home that they've never had, an investor launch his investment career yeah. because he never could cut the deal. He needed people to put it all together. Yeah. We're here to help people. Yeah. You know, it's funny... So one of my apartment complexes had 164 units. There were over 400 people that lived in that complex. Wow. All right. So now you're dealing with 400 people and all their issues and everything. Yep. Now, I believe that once you know where you're going, you have to figure out how you're going to actually execute that. And part of executing has to do with knowing what's most important. And so I'm always trying to define For our organization, what's the single most important thing here? Once you know why you're going there, why that's important. Mm -hmm. And we really did want to build a community. We wanted to have a great place for people to live. And we did want to make money. But the problem is, I thought occupancy was what it was all about. So the direction I gave my people was we got to get occupancy up. And we did because why I focused my organization on that. So they began to do that. Pretty soon we got very high occupancy levels. Everybody wanted in, huh? Everybody wanted in, but there was a problem. I'm talking with Dan Barnett. He's headed companies for some of the world's leading corporations, including Nestle, Pillsbury, Warehouser, Constellation Brands, and many smaller private companies. Currently, he's the CEO and owner of the Primavera Company, a small real estate and natural gas company with operations in three states. He has a global consulting and speaking business and is the chair of two Vistage Private Advisory. Vistage, what is, how do you pronounce it? Vistage. 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 I pr- <laughs> let's say that, and he's the chair of two Vistage Private Advisory Boards right here in Reno, Nevada. That's awesome. Dan, tell us more about the difference between occupancy and the alternative. Yeah, so by focusing people on occupancy, 
that was the most important thing. So they would bring anybody into our complex. If they can breathe, they yeah, get them in they there. They got huh? in, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So, I know. And they would put out, you know, these really low uh, initial rent rates to draw people in, and they'd bring in the wrong people. So people came in and they weren't concerned about the community. Mm -hmm. uh, they would leave in the middle of the night. And we found it was very difficult to build the kind of organization we wanted to build, where it's really a great place for people to live and, and because we had the wrong people in there. So I changed it. I said, well, let's worry more about how do we actually build an organization that not only has the right kind of people, but is, in fact, profitable for us. So I changed the whole focus. And all of a sudden, they're focusing on completely different things. So our occupancy dropped. But you know what happened? The kind of people in there went way up. Mm -hmm. And guess what? People aren't tearing the place up anymore. Your costs went down. Costs went down. Our, actually, our, our profit jumped up so much. The value of those properties went over the roof. It's unbelievable. In fact, in the last couple of years, I've sold almost all my apartment complexes because now is a great time to sell them because they're so valuable. Wow. If you're making profit. So in a way, lower your occupancy, raise your profits. That's what happened, you know. <laughs> and then once we got once we got the place to where it was the right kind of place, then people actually started wanting to live there, and the occupancy went up anyway. All right. So we ultimately we got high occupancy, and you know it was it was a way better place for people to live. Dan Barnett, I know many people that are struggling with their investment properties. They have a sixplex, a threeplex, a twoplex, a fourplex, yeah. and they're constantly chasing rent and looking for new renters and doing plumbing on their own. Uh, you know, maybe that is the deal. Instead of focusing on always being full, always having 100% occupancy, yeah. focus on getting some really great tenants yeah. that will stay with you, that will pay a reasonable rent, that will give you less problems so that you can use really the most valuable of all of your commodities, time. How much time do you think you save when you get that kind of Well, I mean, think about your tenants. What do they want? Remember the customer and oh, your yes. tenants they are, are your customers, customers all right? Yeah. We forget so, sometimes. You know, what do they want? <laughs> they want to live in a place that's, that's well cared for, that has good neighbors, it's a good place to be, they can raise their, their, their family, they can have a great place to stay. That's what they care about. So why not focus on that? Why not bring that to your people? And then guess what? You can raise your rent and they'll be happy to pay it because a lot of other places don't do that. I love what you're talking about. Dan Barnett is our guest. Dan is a, an incredible connection that I have from Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva, the Master Connector. Sherry, I want to continue my conversation with Dan Barnett, but I have to take a commercial break. Will you be able to join us? I will. All right. We will be back after this message. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, party animal, line one. My owner's mad because he spilled guacamole. He's going to be madder when he finds out it was me. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick and he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I chihuahua. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our show today. We're talking with industry experts in northern Nevada and from across the country about Great opportunities and options when you talk about real estate and real estate for investors. One of the things I love to do with real estate and real estate investors, I love to dance. Yes, I'm always dancing for my clients. It seems like they want so many things from me. But, you know, every now and then I actually love to dance. And I'm going to get to dance this coming April 24th, 2020. Friday is the day of the week. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be dancing to music provided by Corky and the Wiener Schnitzels. Where will I be? It's the Polka Dance Party fundraiser from the Four Kids Foundation. I'm going to crank up the oompa. What kind of music are we going to hear? Polka. What time is it? It's polka it's time. It's polka time. Yes, it is. Look at your wristwatch. Right there it says, dust off your drindle and lederhosen. Step back in time. It's an evening of Bavarian cuisine. Polka dancing to live music, and it's all good old-fashioned fun. To the benefit of Northern Nevada children, find out more about the Four Kids Foundation. Visit them 
forkidsfoundation.org. Get tickets to the event. Find out how you can participate. It's going to be fun. See you at the Polka Dance Party, Friday, April 24th. Oompa! Sherry Hill, have I done a good job on that? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. I'm excited <laughs> about the guests that you brought with me today, Dan mm-hmm. Barnett. But Sherry, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world. In 2020, are people still seeing opportunities do they still want to start new businesses, grow their businesses, expand their businesses? Or is all the action on my side, real estate? Actually, a lot of my clients are I'm doing a lot of real estate of late. Yes. So they're investing in other states or they've moved. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. And so, yeah, it seems like a lot of my conversations of late have been a about real estate investing again. Yes, so that's we, good news. Yeah, we talked to our, our other guests on different weeks about the housing situation, the residential situation. And as I've said before, Sherry, I do not believe we have a housing shortage in northern Nevada. We've just got too many people. So instead of focusing on how to get more houses for the people, as Dan says, let's focus on getting rid of the people. <laughs> Less people, suddenly we'll be better. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> I don't like that idea. <laughs> I think the more people here in Reno, the better. You know what? Everybody's yeah. a critic. Yeah. But let's, let's face let's, it. Well, that's because yeah. he doesn't live in yeah. Reno, so he can yeah. say that. That's right. I, oh, I, you can still come I, visit, Dan. I, I live up at Incline Building. Yeah. Yeah, we make exceptions. Yeah, we right. do make exceptions. Ain't, no, no, no. A no growth. <laughs> of course, I say that with a degree of jest. What degree? Well, call me on any given day, and I'll let you know. But the fact is... Uh, there is a lot of opportunity, Sherry Hill. I see some great things happening. I was reading today about big developments on South Virginia and Plum Lane. The old Shopper Square is going to be a local's plaza where there are no chain restaurants, no fast food stuff that you've seen in any other cities and towns. I mean, this is all about local. I'm liking that part. I am, too. I, I really, truly believe in supporting local our local community and you know it just when you know the rising tide right i mean in terms of you know the whole art thing that we do in the summer uh bringing uh you know uh semi-professional sports into town right developing these areas that are going to be local businesses oh yeah uh, we're becoming a much different or company i mean really organization i mean it is an organization but a community Yes. You know, than we were before. Absolutely. It, it, it's a great place. It's becoming a great place to live. That's why people want to move here. It absolutely is, Dan. And I have no problem with people coming to our fair city, to our fair state, as long as they can contribute something. Like yeah. you say, it's all about thinking about other people, not being so selfish. As an example, I moved away from my home state and I lived just outside of Aspen. Now, Aspen is one of the most expensive places to live in the country. It is. Is it my obligation if I'm an Aspen native to make sure that I have all of the abilities to expand until you can't see anything but houses? I don't think so. People have, they know that if you're going to move to Aspen, you better have some cash. Mm-hmm. If you're going to move to San Francisco, you better have some cash. If you're going to move to Reno, you better have some cash. Is asking too much. I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I would agree. Come on down. Cash or a bus ticket, right? Exactly. <laughs> in fact, there was a bumper sticker in the 60s. What did it say? Cash. Grass. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's forget that. that. We all know what that said. But, I mean, let's face it. I want people to come here. I love people. But let's get some really good people that are like what we've got right now. A lot of entrepreneurs in northern Nevada. Sherry Hill, you help a lot of those people. I do help a lot of people. But So, Dan, you know, one of the things that people are always asking, you know, I want to invest my own home state or my own community. And there are times where that doesn't make sense. So I'm guessing a lot of your investing was not in northern Nevada. That's true. I invested in the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> mm-hmm. I invested in... Dallas, Fort Worth. These Very are nice. the primary markets I was investing in, and they were they turned out to be great markets. Mm-hmm. But also, when you think about Reno in northern Nevada, the thing you're talking about, it's becoming such an attractive place place to live, and we're really growing our population, which means what? There is a shorting of a shortage of housing, in 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 this market. And when there's a shortage of housing, what happens to housing prices? They go way up. They go up. So if you're an investor, if you get in before it raises like that, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a great return out of doing that because you're in the right market. And the stronger you build your apartment complex in terms of of it being a great place for people to live, the the better off you're going to do. 
in my experience. And so this is a great place to invest right now because Absolutely. it's growing. It's continuing yep. to grow, and it's going to continue to grow. Dan, let me ask you about some of the fringe yep. areas around Reno. Yep. I'm a big fan of Fernley, Nevada. Yeah. What Fernley's do you think going great. on there? I think Fernley's great. Yeah. First of all, I mean, it's clearly a, com a, com a, a, a community where people are driving from there into Reno and into the business parks and places like that. So it's a, it, it has incredible potential. You know, the, me does. the median home price in Fernley is somewhere around $250,000. That's amazing. In Reno, it's yeah. $400,000. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference. That's a big advantage. For yeah. a drive along the yeah. river to work. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Some yeah. people would pay for that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. About to see that wild shit. horses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. put a toll road yeah. there. We can charge people. Yeah. Wouldn't that be yeah. I sure? said we should put it like a chairlift. So you just, you know, yeah. all the way out. They, I've got yeah. you beat. That was a good idea. Those are all good ideas. <laughs> a zip line. A zip line. Well, well that, zip line. Yeah. 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 So. yeah uh, the area around Silver Springs, and we're talking about things going on in in the uh, Yarrington area. Yeah. Well, that takes us through the USA Parkway. Have you been along there and seen a lot of that traction? Traction rights, I have. I grew up in Yarrington. Oh, no, okay. from Yarrington. Oh, yeah. Are you a Yarringtonite or? Well, I, a well, I was. I was born in Reno, but when I was two years old, my mother moved us to Yarrington, and nice. I grew up there. I went through all, all my high school and oh, everything in wow. Yarrington. So, I've been there many a times, and it's stunning to see what's happened to Silver Springs. Silver Springs was nothing, yeah, and now right. it's really become something. All yeah. right, and it really has to do with the growth of Reno. Yeah, and and. It's, it's proximity to, to, you know, business opportunities and things like that. So people can live there, and they can commute to Carson. They can commute to Reno. They can commute, commute to all kinds of places, and it's a reasonable commute. Absolutely. I mean, that shortcut is, is amazing what that has done. Let me tell you, I'll be the first one to do it. I'm going to do it publicly today on broadcast radio. I'm going to name that intersection. It is the Silver Springs Spaghetti Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there during rush hour, but I'll bet it is. Oh, it rush is. Hour. I guarantee. Yeah. When you go next time, you're gonna think Peter Padilla. Yeah, he did say yeah. the Silver the, Spring yeah. Spaghetti Bowl. Spaghetti Bowl number two. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. But you know, you yeah. don't have a spaghetti yeah. bowl without spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, That's there's true, some yeah. good things happening going on. Yeah. Sherry Hill and I go through Silver Springs every year. In fact, we're going to be going there. Through there next month, Sherry Hill. Yeah. In fact, let our listeners know, Sherry, what you and I are going to be doing. Well, because we are beekeepers, Dan. Really? And one of the coolest things that goes on in Yearington every year yeah. is the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. And it's coming on February 21, 22. It's really uh, just an awesome event. It's two days. Speakers come in from all over the world. Mm -hmm. We have a hive decorating contest, honey tasting, but you really learn all the fundamentals as well as, you know, what's new in science and technology and everything around beekeeping. Yeah. So people that are interested in learning about becoming a beekeeper or are seasoned beekeepers and just need to stay current, I, I hope that they will join us. And you can find out uh, NevadaStateBeekeepers.org for all the info. But Dan, it is so much fun. And, you know, beekeeping people are fun people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny about this, you know, the small world. My wife's aunt was a bee beekeeper in Yarrington. Really? I can see why the associations are, because they, they were there forever. It's called yeah. Halls, Halls Beekeeping. And, oh, Halls and, Honey. Yeah, Halls Honey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Your aunt? Yeah, my, my mother's, my wife's maiden name was Hall. Really? And her aunt was Hall's Beekeepers. Oh, my. Yeah. So this is so lovely. <laughs> so so lovely to hear. Isn't this great, Sherry? The way so the world So our guest right. last year was Debbie, mm -hmm. who is Hall's Honey. Really? And yeah. so so somehow, Dan, we're related. Okay. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking at Debbie Gilmore's picture right now in our Studio Hall of Fame and looking at Dan. And, Dan, you have that lovely Debbie Gilmore face. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. So, so don't I wish. Don't I wish. Hall's Honey has been around for 100 years. So. Yeah, they have. Yes, yeah, 101 years are celebrating yeah. today. Yeah. And, Dan, this is just awesome that you know so much about our communities. Let's make the circle. Let's go all the way to Topaz Lake and come up around Minden in that area. Have you visited those parts? It's unbelievable our... what's happened. In, yeah. in fact, I was just in Minden uh, two weeks ago visiting those older buildings in downtown the benson family oh, yeah. or the bentley bentley family yeah. uh has converted those to, they're they're making whiskey and uh and bourbon and a bunch of, of alcoholic beverages in there and you should see what they've done to those 
it's unbelievable. And they preserved all those buildings. Mm. And it's just incredible uh, what's happening. But it's all because, again, that, that community has grown so much. You know, when I was in high school, our Yarrington's high school was bigger than the Gardnerville High School. Mm, wow. Gardnerville has over 2,000 students now. Yarrington still only has 400. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how much that area, that area is growing tremendously. Oh, it's yeah. a wonderful area right now. And, you know, those yeah. parts of northern Nevada real estate values are even higher they than are. the median averages. People really love living. I mean, let's face it, that's right at the base. It's of a beautiful Lake area. Dome. It's yeah. a beautiful area. Yeah. Well, what, what's nice also is, you know, for years we had brain drain, right? All these yeah. young people coming out of the university and high school, and they had to go somewhere else yeah. to find work. And a lot of that is changing now, which is good for northern Nevada. Well, we're becoming a mini high-tech world, too. Yes. As you build your, your, your art community then people that are in high tech are interested in living here. When you give it Tesla, you know, and, and all the things that are happening, the new developments, how much of that is now high tech? So not only do we have the traditional industries here, and, the, and Reno has become an outdoor paradise. You know, it's really connected completely with Tahoe and all the great things they do around here and a great place to live now. And so that's changed everything for this community. Oh, yeah. You know, Dan, look, I know it. In my heart, I know that we're not going back. Reno has been discovered. Yeah. It was nine. Reno 911 was the death knell of <laughs> yeah. northern Nevada. I'm telling you, people yeah. realize they started talking about it and then yeah. they realized it is a paradise. Yeah. Dan, we always run out of time before I want to stop the program. Can you stay for one more segment of our radio show, please? Sure. Another 12 minutes. Sherry Hill, I hope you can join us too. Sure. We'll be back after this quick message. SunTech Storm Panels are a durable all-weather window insulator that cuts down cold winter drafts, immediately reducing your heating bill. Call SunTech for a free estimate, 352-9396, SunTech Storm Panels. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. We're broadcasting on 1180 AM radio, the mighty monarch of northern Nevada. Isn't that a great slogan? That's a big butterfly, you know? And I love, love butterflies. They make me think about good times. Makes me think about being in my home. Makes me think about the things I love to do, like beekeeping. Hey, back up a minute. It's about my home, right? What you can do at home. What I can do at home, when I own my own home, own home was quite different than when I'm a renter. When I was a renter, I had to make sure that I did nothing where I lived because the home had to look exactly the same. Now I can do whatever I want. What I'm suggesting is this. If you're still renting, you're looking to become a homeowner, take the first step. Get pre-approved for a mortgage. Talk to the top expert that I know, Brian Cushing, from the Cushing team at Guild Mortgage. Brian's NMLS license number is 303045, and all of Brian's contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Tell Brian Peter sent you. He'll give you a great deal. With me in the studio, Sherry Hill from Sage International and Dan Barnett from the Primavera Company, a real estate company. Dan, I love the things that you're talking about. I love your views about what's happening in northern Nevada. And I want to talk to you about occupancy versus cash flow. But before I do that, I want to get around the corner. We were talking about some of the areas right around Reno that I really love. And we finished up in Minden Gardnerville. Let's move to the capital city, Carson City. Spend any time down there? Absolutely. I love Carson City. You know, from an investment standpoint, uh, there's not much difference between Carson City and Reno price-wise. Yeah. But there is a lot of difference as far as, uh, I think, the intimacy of the community. Carson no question. City is a small town. It's a smaller community. It absolutely, and it feels like a smaller community. Yeah, that's really yeah. A, what a great opportunity it is. Look, if you're moving into northern Nevada with cash and you want to move someplace, Carson City is a yeah. great place to live. Carson the views City there are awesome. Place. Restaurants are great. And if you'd like any political activity, where else could it be better in the state? Cherry Hill, don't you think? Oh, sure. Be right in the thick of it. <laughs> As you're coming up to Reno and we go through Washoe City. Remember when Washoe City was really busy? The traffic? Oh, the snar. In fact, I think they almost had a spaghetti bowl in Washoe City. They don't have that anymore, Dan. Have you? What do you think? Yeah, I know less about Washoe City, honestly. Yeah. I've not spent much time there. There's two great businesses in Washoe City. Yeah. I'll tell you about one of them right now. It's the chocolate factory. I'm sure. surprised because when they put the freeway in there, yeah. it kind of bypassed because it used to be 
You had to go yeah. right by it. Yeah. I wondered how, they, how they're doing. Are they doing uh, well now? Every time yeah. we're in there, there's traffic, there's business, and, oh, the candy is so good. Uh, they made such great product. Uh, yeah, you know, they, are not, they are not yeah. an advertiser, but just yeah. I'm just telling you, that's yeah. a great place to visit if you want to take a short, fun yeah. drive. It is And fun. then you'll discover the yeah. rest of the city. It's just a very cool place to be. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. there. And then we work our way back to Reno, past the Summit Mall. We're back at the studios of Nevada mm -hmm. Real Estate Radio. Dan Barnett, you were talking about investing and Sherry Hill, too, about investing not only in northern Nevada, but in other parts of the country. You were talking about, in fact, apartment buildings. And I think that's really where I, I could see making a lot of money in an area where there's a lot of fast growth. If you get the right kind of people in, people that are new to the, an area are typically younger. They are typically taking on new opportunities. So they have the money. They have the capacity. And if you have an apartment complex, I mean, how much uh, do you really need from them other than to be good citizens, right? So apartment complexes when you're talking about early in the show the differences between just occupancy and really thinking about the right people to focus on cash flow well talk to me about the different types of people so that our listeners can know a little bit more about what you mean there well there's lots of different kinds of people so obviously as an apartment complex owner you want to fill up your apartment complex if you can get your occupancy up there you think you're going to make a lot of money right that's the whole concept there. But it turns out that you can fill your apartment complex up and have it be completely full and not make any money at all. You mm -hmm. know why? Because if you attract the wrong people into your complex, or, or, or even could be a small unit, one or two, three, whatever it is, or larger, get the wrong people in there, they're not going to care. They're going to tend to tear the place up. Well, now, so I'll stop you right there. What does that mean? Why would a person be like that? What makes a person someone who wants to tear things up and another person, somebody who's conscientious. They don't own it. They don't care. They people don't are care. like that. A lot of people are like that. Dan, might I suggest that the word is selfishness. I think when someone is selfish, they care nothing about other people. And so if they destroy something, it's no big deal, right? It's because well, it doesn't hurt them anyway. I believe it's selfishness. And I think that's what is the problem in many situations, people situations, when you have one person only thinking about themselves. Well, and honestly, to some degree, we're all selfish. It turns out that the part of your brain that makes all your decisions, which is the limbic part of your brain. That would be, I call it Sherry Hill. Sherry Hill part <laughs> of your brain. Sorry, I'm just having fun. Right. No, you go yeah. ahead. I mean, this is where your emotions and your feelings and your sense of survival all yep. is that part of your brain. Okay. It tends to be selfish because it realizes that if you don't succeed, nobody around you will succeed. It's very much like in an airplane when that mask drops out of the ceiling. And what do they tell you to do? They say put it on yourself first and right. then your kid. Because if you put it on your kid first, you're liable to die before you get yours on. You're both going to die at that point in time. So. We make decisions based upon that, but here's the reality. Even though we all care about ourselves and there's a certain amount of selfishness in us, what you realize is you'll be more successful if you surround yourself with the right kind of people, get the right kind of tenants in that actually do care about others and not just themselves, and build a community of people that are happy where they are and don't want to tear it up. Wow. Dan, you know, that is, that's just such a wonderful thing to hear. And I've wanted to hear that from somebody for so long because the last time I heard things like that was from my mother. <laughs> and I'll tell you the reason. You know, yeah, and you know, the reason that my mother was said that, she was not a real estate investor, by the way. In fact, she didn't even own her home at the time. Uh, she was renting for many, many years in her life. But she said that to me because I'm one of 11 children. And in fact, I'm the youngest of 11 children. Well. And so as a, let's not say uh, affluent family, okay, so let's say the other end of that, uh, we didn't have much, but we had a lot of people in a very small space. And you had to really respect other people and treat other people with that same kind of mindset. You had to care about others because it was crowded in there. Yeah. It's the same thing in business, isn't it? And it's the same thing in life. In fact, if you think about that, it's probably more important in relationships, whether they're business or not, if you have that mindset, yeah. because you're looking to have a successful relationship. That's what business is really well, about. Well, and you speak of your mother. My mother raised four kids by herself. We never had a father in the house, ever. All right, I met him once in my life, one day, uh, but he was never around. And so what we had to learn, the four of us, because my mother was working trying to put food on the table, is that if we didn't work together, we weren't going to get anywhere. 
It's the same when you're running apartments. What's your team of people that are working with you? If you're small, it may be your suppliers. If you're larger, it's people that actually work for you, your employees. All right? Is that a team of people that's literally a tribe that are working together, backing each other up, supporting one another, and wanting to achieve the same things? Or are they all pulling in different directions? If you're pulling in different directions, whether it's business, apartments, whatever it is, it's not going to be as effective. Dan Barnett is our guest. Dan has headed many companies uh, in the U.S. Some of the leading corporations include Nestle, Pillsbury, Warehouser. Is that the pants company? That's not the pants company, is it? No. No, it's a lumber company. It's a lumber lumber company. and paper. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I'm just it's a big fun. company up just, in Seattle. Yeah. I knew a guy. We called him Warehouser because of his pants. But no, uh, you're currently the owner of the Primavera Company. It's a real estate and natural gas company with operations in three states. What states? Yeah. Uh, primarily in California and Texas. California, uh, that, Texas? Yeah. Yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth, and, and the Bay Area is, uh -huh. is where my apartments are. Yeah, a lot of yeah. action going on in Texas. Yeah. I have friends, in fact, who moved not long ago from Washoe yeah. City, Nevada, to just outside of Dallas, Texas. And uh, it just still has a lot of opportunity yeah. there. When it looks to real estate investing, Sherry Hill, you say many people are investing in other parts of the state, It was just, or rather country. It was just last week I was talking about some of the least expensive places as far as we, uh, residential housing, but I'm sure it goes for business too. There are some states that, I mean, you can make a lot more well, of a launch because your startup costs are so well, low. But you look at the communities, like Dan mentioned, that are growing, right? Yeah. So even though places like Detroit and Austin, Texas, but you've got to look at where is there a lot going on in those communities and knowing that every time industry, business is coming in, mm -hmm. they need solutions for housing as well. And so yeah. that's where if you can get in on the ground floor yeah. as these uh, communities are developing, then you mm -hmm. have a greater chance. I, I want to finish a uh, thought with Dan because I just loved what you said. With all your people, your team pulling together, I'm guessing one of the core beliefs uh, is that you have to care about people, especially when you're running apartment complex. So you can't have a maintenance guy that doesn't like people yeah. or a property manager that doesn't like people. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. It's so important uh, because the way your people behave, behave excuse me, the way your people behave uh, that affects the way people look at them. So if you have somebody that really doesn't care about you, they're going to treat you the same way. And mm -hmm. you end up with people that are complaining because you didn't get there in five minutes to tighten the light bulb, which they could have turned themselves, all right? Mm -hmm. But they become critics because, you, because, because of who you are. You know, so if you get the right kind of people there that do care about your tenants and are trying to build the kind of community that you're trying to build, yeah. then people will pick up on that and, and, and they will work with them. You know, you'll, you'll, even your whole community can work with you to, to build the kind of place you want to build. Yeah, you know, you, Dan, I love our conversation because we're really talking about people. And it takes a lot of people skills to be successful in this world. I mean, I don't care what business you're in. True. You've got to have a level of people skills to be there and to accelerate. And, and those people skills, uh, they require a certain element of awareness. And we talked about the awareness of selfishness. Yeah. No one likes to say it, but come on, selfishness. I want, I want my listeners to think about that word selfishness. But at the other end of the scale that I think has as much impact to the mental thoughts that we have on any given day is appreciation. Appreciation. I mean, how much appreciation do I get from the people that I am closest yeah. to? And that includes my clients. Is that something that personally, Dan, it tells me, this might be a good fit. I feel appreciated. I feel yeah. good around this person. Yeah. Yeah. The question becomes, you know, how do you do business in your organization? And the reality is that's totally affected by what you recognize and reward in a company. So if you show appreciation to somebody because of the way they're behaving, all right, that'll reinforce that good behavior. And the people that they're working with, the tenants and so on, they will actually appreciate it as well, and it comes back to you. So that ability to actually recognize and reward people's behavior is what changes an organization to where people are now doing the right kinds of things. They're doing business the way you want them to do business in your company because you're showing appreciation for it. That's so nice. One final word I want to talk yeah. about today, agreeability. 
Mm -hmm. Agreeability, that's something that we don't hear much about. I, I watch nostalgic programming sometimes, and I hear the words agreeable and agreeability. I saw in a program once, a client was in a lobby, and the general manager said to his assistant, he said, please go out there and be agreeable with my client while I finish this up. What did that mean? He went out there, he offered him some coffee, exchanged some chit-chat, made him feel good. He was agreeable. Mm -hmm. Do we see enough agreeability nowadays, do you think, Dan? Well, I'll give you a, a little bit of suggestion here. When you're running a company and you're trying to get people on the same page, do not go for agreement. If you go for agreement, it's going to slow you down. It's going to take you forever to make a decision to get anything done. Don't go for agreement. I say go for commitment. Go for support. So you and I may disagree on something. All right. Mm -hmm. But if I say to you, I'm going to try to change the way you think, I'm going to change the way you think. But if I say to you, look, I get that we disagree upon this, but for the good of where we're trying to go, will you commit to supporting this over here, whether you agree with it or not? Will you, will you make a commitment to it? Will you support it? And I can much easier get you to say, you know what, I can see we don't necessarily agree, but I will support that. I will commit to that. Now you can make decisions and keep going without constantly having to try to get everybody to agree because we're different people. We we think different ways. It's okay if we don't agree. What's important is that we commit to go to get, to get things done that we want to get done. So I say go for commitment and support. Don't go for agreement. It's too slow. Great advice from Dan Barnett. Dan, uh, big uh, opportunities in northern Nevada and across the country. Do you feel optimistic about 2020 as far as real estate investing goes? Absolutely, especially in this market but all over the country. I mean, you, you, if you look around, you can find great opportunities in places and uh, that, are, that are affordable for you and that work. But in this market, there's a great future for this community right now. All the areas you talked about, in the, you know, that, the great opportunities here. So yeah, I feel really good about this market. Dan, I've got all your contact information, makeorbreakexecution.com. Correct. Up on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. And I'm very excited about the things that you're doing. Hopefully, you'll come back and visit us sometime. Give Thank us some you. more outlooks. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Sherry Hill from Sage International, the Wealth Protection Diva, and the Master Connector yes. on our radio show. Thanks for bringing our guest to the show today, Sherry Hill, and for your great insight about real estate business in northern Nevada. Final thoughts for our listeners? I would just say that, you know, I feel like 2020 is just going to be a great year. And as Dan has been talking about all day, you know, Find your North Star. What do you believe in? What do you want to focus on? And so that's why I call 2020 the year of focus. I love that. Sherry Hill from <laughs> Sage International. Thanks for being with us. All right. We will be back after this message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. I'm pleased to be with you today on a very nice January. Can you believe it's 2020 already? This is the year I actually marked 20 years in northern Nevada. It was toward the end of the year that I moved here, right around Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, but it's still a very important time of my life because I remember how Reno was so... Well, different, and it was kind of new and still being discovered by many, many people across the country that were finally taking note of Reno, Nevada. We had our own airline, Reno Air, that was coming in and out of the city, and uh, it looked like things were bustling pretty good. 
I made the move to northern Nevada to get into the broadcast business, television. And boy, am I glad I did because the world has gotten so much better since I moved to northern Nevada in 2000. Some things, though, get a little bit more challenging. And today we're talking about some of the great opportunities for real estate investing. And I'd like to thank my two guests today, Sherry Hill from Sage International. Sherry is one of my most favorite people when it comes to talking about real estate. She looks at it from a practical standpoint and as the real estate's ability to generate something very important, and that's income. And I'm enjoying having Sherry's special guest in our studio, too, Dan Barnett. Dan is a gentleman. Oh, he's an extraordinary individual. He has headed companies with uh, for some of the world's leading corporations, including Nestle, Pillsbury, Warehouser, Constellation Brands. Uh, he's run smaller private brands as well, but he is currently the CEO and owner of the Primera Vera Company. The Primavera Company is a small real estate and natural gas company with operations in three states. And Dan has a global consulting and speaking business. He's also the chair of two Vistage private advisory boards in Reno, Nevada. What I love about Dan is, well, the way I got to connect with Dan. I connected with Dan from Sherry Hill. Sherry is the master connector in my life, and she's also the master connector of many, many people's lives, all of her clients. Sure, she does great work in helping them structure their business, manage their business, uh, great advice for challenges within your own individual businesses. But what Sherry really has going for her is an incredible network of experts, people that she can rely on, count on, that do the job extremely well in the fast-paced and dynamic world of real estate. And I thank her for connecting us together on our show this afternoon. One of the things we're all hearing about is that Reno is, again, one of the least affordable cities to live in in the country. Yep, it's another study that came out in the recent past putting Reno for 2020 as the 18th least affordable place amongst the nation's top 100 cities. And that's according to a, a real estate website called Realty Hop. If you've lived in Reno for any amount of time like I have, 20 years – you know that uh, you have to spend a lot of your money every month to cover your housing costs. I don't care if you're renting or if you recently bought at home. It's a high number. In fact, Reno, when they talk about that number 18, least affordable, they're talking about the amount of money you need to spend of your income on average in order to own a home. Realty Hop says that you need to spend about 45% of your income if you want to be a homeowner, just to own, owning the home. Can you believe that? 45%? I mean, that's huge. I think we all know that San Francisco is one of the most expensive places to live, but people don't really know, well, how much of your money do you need to spend every month? Realty Hop says that you have to spend 82% of your income on housing if you want to own a home in San Francisco. Essentially, let's face it, it's about all of it, right? I know this much when people talk about high housing prices and about how much of your income you have to spend in order to purchase a home in a particular part of the country. That's based on one individual. That's based on one person's income. I remember when I bought my first home. I could not have afforded to do that with just my income. My wife had an income too. So between the two of us working – Pulling our money together, trimming our expenses, we were able to buy our first home. Two incomes are easier than one income on making a house. And if it takes two incomes to own half of a house uh, for each of the two parties, that may not be such a bad idea too. This is Peter Padilla. I'm talking to you today on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Creative ways to find homes in northern Nevada when our prices are so high. You've got to look for them in every single angle. It doesn't matter if you're looking for investment property or a piece of real estate where you want to live. The nice thing about investment property is you do not have to make your investment purchase right here in your backyard in northern Nevada. You can purchase property in rural Nevada or maybe in an adjacent state or maybe in another part of the country. Many, many opportunities in the world of real estate investing, but you have to know what you're doing, and that's why I encourage everybody – 
to make sure you talk to the experts before you step forward and chunk down that big amount of cash on investment property, heck, on even a personal residence. Talk to some people that have been through it, you know, somebody that's been there before to maybe point out some things that a newer real estate agent or newer individual as your uh, as your source cannot provide. Many times, it just takes experience. So with San Francisco requiring 82% of your income, they rank as the number four least affordable area to purchase a home in the country. Ahead of that, the number three most expensive area is in New York City, requires 85% of your income. Miami, Florida, requires 86% of your income. And the number one least affordable city in the country, I mentioned this last week, glad to do it again in case you did not tune in, it's Los Angeles. Does that have anything to do with the Dodgers, I wonder? Regardless, I know a lot of people talk about the Dodgers when they talk about Los Angeles, but let's face it, Los Angeles is the most expensive place in the country to live if you're looking to purchase a primary residence. Reno, Nevada comes in at number 18, still well up the list, 18th most expensive place to live in the country. However, there are places that are even more affordable, and I've encouraged people to think about that. Whether you're looking to find a primary residence that you can afford or investment property that you can afford, don't just look here at Northern Nevada. Sometimes you can't afford to live where you want to at the moment. But you've got to get started. You need that flywheel effect. You need to make that real estate purchase someplace that can provide good opportunity. When I talk to Sherry Hill, she talks to me about other parts of the country and some of the most affordable places in the country to purchase a home and or investment property. Let's look at the most uh, most affordable place in the country, most of the major real estate markets. It's Detroit, Michigan. You know, regardless of what you think of Detroit, get this. It only requires 13% of your income to live in Detroit with your own home. Live in Wichita, Kansas, and you're at the number two most affordable place in the country, 16% of your income. Cleveland comes in with 19%, and Kansas City, 21% of your income. Listen, if you want to find a great deal on real estate, it may not be in northern Nevada. It may be in another part of the country. You want to find out more? Visit our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. My name is Peter Padilla, your host. Be sure to tune in again next week. Same time, same station. Tell your friends and family too. Then they can make a great decision on real estate just like we did. Until then, goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.